Welcome to Creative Income, a podcast that focuses on making a living in the creative space. Whether you're an actor, filmmaker, musician, painter, or anything that doesn't fit the nine to five mold, there is value for you here. I'm Lars Lindstrom. Let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody, to Creative Income. I am your host, Lars Lindstrom. Happy to be here with you. Uh, Okay, well, um, we heard fantastic news in the film industry this week that the SAG after strike looks like it's coming to an end. I told my wife, was it yesterday when we found out, and uh, she screamed and then tears of joy uh, befell us. And I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> it was, it was pretty great. It's just, it's been, it's been one of those, it's been one of those years, man, where it, uh, it was, it was just a tough year. You know, I think there was the writer strike and then there was the looming, uh, actor strike. It was like, I remember we were, I was doing my film down in Panama. Um, and I was having jobs cancel before the strike even began. And the reason was, we don't want to do all this pre-production and pay for pre-production knowing that they're going to strike. So everybody knew. So this entire year was basically shot. Um, interest rates going up uh, starting last year, uh, shut commercials down. So, you know, like that was basically half of a lot of people's income just gone right there. And then I do mostly movies. Anyway, all to say, I'm very happy. I'm very happy. It looks like they got a lot of what they're asking for. Um, and very deservedly, I think it's I think it's going to be a really great uh, change in the industry. And um, the streaming services were still operating on the same agreement they were like ten years ago. It didn't make any sense. So um, we talk a lot about that in this episode today because we actually recorded it um, this afternoon. This is my good friend Mark. Uh, Mark and I met doing some movies. Uh, he's a very talented actor. He's he's looking at more producing, acting, directing. Uh, and basically art, just any kind of art form now. Um, it's a great episode. I uh, Let's uh, check it out, and then I'll recap at the end. Hey, Mark, thanks so much for being here, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you, man. Yeah, you too. Uh, how's life? How are you doing? Oh, man, uh, whirlwind. I'm doing fantastic despite like everything going on in our industry, you know? Yeah, yeah, and we'll definitely spend some time on on what's going on in the industry in the podcast, and we're recording this um, the, the day after the SAG-AFTRA has announced that the strike is now coming yep. to an end. They've reached an agreement, and now it goes to a vote, which I'm pretty yeah. sure will be oh, yeah. unanimous. Well, you know? People are ready to work, but it's funny. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually glad we were supposed to talk yesterday. We were. And we were going to talk about the strike, but like, I'm kind of glad that this worked out this <laughs> way because we could really talk about it. And now we can talk about it and, and be excited and not just mad, <laughs> you know? Get back to work. But yeah, man, I, yeah. I, you know, the strike was <clears throat> what it was, but finding other ways to be creative and getting caught up on um, other projects that like have already been shot and in the bag and, and, uh, and just, you know, considering other aspects of life that we forget about when we're hustling and bustling with with filming so it's it's you know it 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 had it it had some silver linings but um which i'm glad because like i was happy waiting as long as they needed to to figure it all out so that we have a good next three years of a contract you know yeah let's let's uh let's go back even further though so what what do you do what do i do Oh, yeah. Um, what do you do? Because I've, I've known you primarily as an actor, but I, yeah. I know you're so much, you, you do a lot more than that. Um, you produce, you direct, maybe? Do you write? Like, I, I'm not entirely even sure what, you, what, what everything is going on. Yeah. What, what do you do, man? Multi, the multi hyphen life is is happening now. Um, yeah. When we met, yeah, I was I was acting primarily. I'd done, I'd done some producing and directing in general, but like 
um, acting was more the focus, just like, you know, you being a director of photography, I know that you wear way more hats than that now. Um, and yeah. I think like any, any creative, you land yourself in production because you care so much about the end product. So, yeah. um, yeah, I landed myself in producing, producing the movies that I act in. So I know that they get done properly, you know, sometimes, you know, you know, the endeavor of just creating a feature film, especially in India is like to get across the finish line is, is striking gold. You know, it's not easy. So, uh, and I've had a few die on the hard drive in the past. So I was like, I want to, I want to be on, I want to be on the side of things that allows, uh, allows it to, to make it, you know, so producing, yeah. um, uh, hand in, in acting, uh, sorry, a hand in writing as well. Um, uh, directing and what's great is they all fill like different creative voids, you know, mm-hmm. um, that like the directing fills the void that I can't get in, in acting and, you know, vice versa. So how'd you yeah. get started? Oh, theater. Okay. Uh, from up, yeah, upstate New York started doing, um, musicals actually first. Uh, I have, I have a background in music. I don't know if you know that mm-hmm. too. I didn't um, know that. So, yeah. yeah. I was a vocal major. I studied music, uh, a little bit in college before I decided I didn't want it as a profession and then took off. Yeah. But yeah, I did all the, all the high school accolades things with music, um, you know, competed, uh, to be best in state and make that like all state chorus and, and all that fun stuff. Um, and then, uh, uh, yeah, started, started with musical theater and then made my way into like, um, um, obviously, you know, straight plays, uh, and then, um, and got like really familiar with, I was I was going to ask you just out of curiosity. Did you did you decide you didn't want to do it professionally because the you didn't see a, a career path forward in it? Like the money just didn't seem very good, or was there like was there something else? Did you fall out of love with it, or was it just really just like yeah, I don't really see how I support. A, That's a, a great question. A I'm sure it's I'm sure it's layered, uh, but I think the thing that really, to be completely brutally honest, uh, that got me out of it was like my my professors were miserable <laughs> like it's kind of like it kind of felt the like those who can't do teach situation and i was like mm-hmm. oh did they get caught in this thing where like they they were creatives and they loved what they did and then they found that like to pay the bills they had to just teach other little assholes to you know yeah. to, yeah. to do the same thing and it was it felt very cyclical so that was a main reason that and also like i was there for the knowledge i i didn't care even about the degree. And I did, I, I never really planned on teaching or getting into music education. Um, I just wanted to learn the theory and I wanted to learn the history and, mm-hmm. um, really just wanted to move away from my hometown and start like discovering life in another realm. Uh, so yeah, I, I did a couple of years of that. And then, uh, and then, you know, act, the acting was still like bugging. Like I, I had stopped acting for a while because I was I was focusing mainly on college and in, in, in my studies, and uh, it was eating away at me. And so I was like, I'm I'm gonna do the thing, and I'm gonna move to LA. I'd never been to LA before, um, and uh, and so I, I I started bartending and set a deadline, and then just saved as much cash as I could, and uh, and dangerously carried it uh on my person across country (laughs) in in hindsight it's like the crazy stuff we do when we're young you know why didn't Uh, you just put it in a bank account (laughs) because like my lack of knowledge of taxes and all the things like i heard the word paper trail before and i was like Mm. i don't want to live a paper trail (laughs) i made all this money killing people along the way mark i I, I don't understand (laughs) um but yeah so i i i uh I had like a computer bag and I'd kept the cash in that. And like, 
you know, I had a 1998 Nissan Maxima at the time, and I, I mm, rented mm. a U-Haul trailer, threw it on the back of that, hitched it to the back of that, and then just started driving. Um, never left that area uh, before and never been to L.A., so I just drove until I got to to Los Angeles and uh, figured, like, you know, the most central part of town is always, like, downtown. So I, I, I moved oh, into no. – I moved into a hotel room uh, downtown on uh, 7th and Figueroa Mm -hmm. and uh, quickly learned that it's not the place to be, especially, uh, you know, over a decade ago. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's it's definitely like cleaned up its act and has gotten nicer now. But yeah, I think the first day somebody stole my license plates off my car and I didn't know where to go. So I was just like ordering, you know, delivery and sitting in my room and watching whatever TV show would allow me to, uh, you know, would show up on the TV that was included. And I, and I stayed there for a couple months. Uh, what was the, what was the goal? What was the dream? Were you coming to be an actor? Like, or were you movies, man? Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted I wanted to make movies. You Did know, you have uh, any contacts in town before you, you drove out here for, for me, it was a 96 Nissan Maxima, but, uh, Oh yeah, wow! So you had the, you had the Maxima as well. I did. Nineteen ninety six. Amazing. The only oh, reason I, I that somebody t boned me in it, and I couldn't. Oh, cool. it, yeah, I couldn't Bummer. keep it. Bummer. Um, yeah, but did you have any contacts, or, or did, were you meeting up with anybody? Were you like, what was the plan? You were just gonna get here and get found and become famous, or like, I, yeah, I don't man, understand the plan. naive plan of like, I'm gonna go to LA and, and make it happen, and uh, and of course, like all of my friends that I grew up acting with and doing shows with and, and all that, like. I was like, we doing this? Are we going to LA? And they're like, what? No, no, we're, we're, we're getting real jobs now. Like yeah. it's done. I was like, oh, I thought we were doing this. What do you mean? And they're like, that uh-huh. shit's hard. And I was like, yeah, but like my mentality was like, somebody has got to do it. So why not me? And so like, that was the mentality I showed up with. And it really, it really worked out and, and got me going right off the bat. But you know, then, then the reality hits of industry mm-hmm. stuff and you start to become a little more jaded and a little more insecure about things. You're like, Oh my God, do I really have it? Do I have what it takes? Yeah. And you just, you just learn, you know, you, does that ever go away though? No, no, I, I don't mean, think it does. Once you have it, it doesn't like it's nice. It was nice to be, to not have it and be, you know, fearless at first, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you can start to control it eventually, but I, but yeah. I, but it's always lingering. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's helped. I mean, we've we talked about um, Jay Holbin was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and, and he was talking about how it's like once that goes away, are you dead inside, <laughs> or do you do you just stop caring? You know what I mean? And and I and I think that that's a there's a little bit of that for me where it's like if I show up on set and I'm not nervous, am I even alive? Like, do I even yeah. care? You know what I mean? And I and I think there is some of that. But um, so what what year was this when you moved to LA? Oh man, it was a while ago, 2005. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. So you're yeah. you're you're in Los Angeles, two months downtown. You're just trying to figure it out. Who do you start talking to? Talk to me about some of those first gigs and and how you started booking them. So back then, not so much was available. I started to like, um, I started going Craigslist and look for casting, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I would find them. And I ended up uh, doing this pretty quickly, uh, being an extra in this Japanese music video that was taking place. And, uh, and was hanging with all these other actors that were like trying to do the thing too. Um, I'm, I would love to find this music video <laughs> Me all too. these years later. I don't, yeah. I don't even remember the, the group, but, uh, but you know, dancing around in this like club scene while they're singing and, uh, met a couple of really great people there. Um, actually, uh, 
this kid named Jabin who's has made his way, you know, through the industry and has done really well for himself. Um, like super personable, super fun. Like came right up, is like, yo, man, what are you what are you doing? Where are you from? Blah blah blah. And I told him and I was like, I'm trying to get my footing. He's like, You gotta come study at my, you know, my school. Like it's it's great. And at the time I was looking at places like Howard Fine or like uh Ivana Chubbick, like all the places the actors are are considering. And um and he convinced me to kind of cancel my my down payment at Howard Fine and, and go check out his school, Playhouse West. Mm. Um, and at the time, there was people people in, in the class uh, with us were like it was like James Franco and a couple of other people that were like making their ways their way up the ladder. Um, wow. And uh, and so I went. They happen to have a film festival that weekend, so uh, I went to that and like met everyone that goes to the school, and it was like kind of blown away by like some of the performances in these movies, and uh, and immediately enrolled in class there, which led me to finally find my first apartment in North Hollywood, which was near the, you know, the conservatory. So yeah. it like, it gave me a place to go finally in like a little bit of a direction. Hmm. So did, how much money did you make on that, on that Japanese music video? Like <laughs> oh, 75 bucks? Um, I lost <laughs> the gas money there <laughs> and whatever I had to feed myself. <laughs> oh, exactly. that, that, lasts, that lasts a while. You know, that lasts a while. Did you, have you seen Barry? Did you ever watch Barry? Oh yeah. I love so, it. so they, there's like there's that uh, the idea that that you know you take an acting class and they kind of poke fun of it a little bit. Was there any of that, or was it a really positive experience for you? That show is so accurate. Oh my gosh, like, that's what I was afraid of. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 oddly accurate, and the characters like I know those characters. So I knew I knew you were a murderer. I, I, know, I, I knew I knew you've been assassinating people all across. That's why I didn't leave a paper trail. Of course, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was very similar to that, and of course, like those people start to become your best friends, family, whatever. Mm-hmm. You like want to run scenes together. You want to try this thing. And then there's the infamous like Starbucks on Magnolia and Lancashire where all the uh-huh. actors are talking to themselves and their piece of paper. And um, yeah, like <laughs> I lived the lines of that whole dream. It was a different, different time than, uh, than different time then, than it is now. Is it, was it worse or better? I mean, obviously you're more established now, so it's probably a little bit hard to, to be uh, retrospective on that, but um, yeah. What, what do you I, think? It was it was a magical time because like and I don't know if it was just like the time in life then or if it was just because I was young and that's that was my time where I was starting. But it was it was really great because like you, you everything was ahead of you. Right. Yeah. And then you're like, what, what am I? I'm going to be this actor. But then you like start to get these opportunities that were not what you were thinking. And you're like, but I want to work. So I'm going to dabble in these projects. And, you know, like you, you end up you don't know the path to where you're going, but you kind of you kind of keep your eye on the prize. And mm-hmm. I think that like what you had mentioned too, with, um, with, uh, if you're, if you're not nervous going on set or you, you start to become dead inside, like you gotta be very careful. Cause there are turns that you take that you're like, you do them out of necessity, mm-hmm. but then you forget why you came and yeah. you forget what, what it means to you to create. Um, and then you, yeah. you start to do things for money that might not be as cre- creatively fulfilling. And then you want to take a break from that, but then you got to like, go back to a real job if you want to actually pursue the creative thing and just to pay the rent, which is not cheap in Los Angeles, as you know, yeah. and it hasn't yeah, gotten cheaper. Um, no, it hasn't. Yeah. yeah so, it, so what was, do you remember some of your first paid gigs and how you got them? Was it from like, can you draw a line from this acting class to success? Yes. First paid gig. Um, I did, <clears throat> I took a year. I was like, I want to just do class for a year before I try any of the other wow. stuff. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And you had, you had enough money saved up and I saved the cash for that. Yeah. And then right around the end of the year, I'm like, you know, I had some left, but then I remember asking one of, uh, I was actually doing, um, 
small roles like because because James Franco at the time was like started to make his own movies. He was like the first person to really like make his own indie productions and all that. And of course, he put put all of us in them. So I remember being on set and realizing I need to get a job soon and asking this girl, um, uh, do you know any good, like what's the best bar in town? Cause like I had the experience bartending and she told me this place at the time was called Vanguard. And, uh, and so I ended up having to get uh, a job there, which made the acting thing a little tougher because like late nights, three, 4 AM, yeah. but I was like pulling in like $1,200 a month. So it was like hard to say no to and like find that balance and that 1200 a month huh <laughs> yeah or, so sorry 1200 a night oh you're kidding me oh no 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 1200 a night is what i was making at this place how so this is like the heyday of hollywood and 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 people going out and drinking and this place held 4000 people so like it would just be all wow. night long just drilling through drinks um yeah yeah did i say a month i didn't mean a month yes anymore. i was like okay oh no no you can't live off yeah. that no um, so that was a hard job to leave but then i uh it's very easy for me to tangent and I've had a, a been drinking a dirty matcha. So I'm a little cracked out. No, good for you. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I ended up, uh, I ended up doing this showcase. It was called the 20 something showcase for people who in their like early twenties to, uh, put on a scene with another actor. And then the audience members would be primarily industry professionals. So like managers uh -huh. and agents would come to these things to try to find new talent. Good. And so I did the showcase, um, and this was within, this was about a, I did a year of classes and then I like did the showcase while I started bartending and, uh, and then, uh, I'm trying to think of the timing. Um, I ended up doing the showcase after I, I talked to like a few agents, a few managers and like that were interested. And I got to like choose my agent out of like three or four options. And like, meanwhile, I'm like, Oh, this acting's easy. You show up, yeah, yeah. you go. You go to class, you do a showcase, you get your choice of agents and managers. And like, it's really easy mm -hmm. um, because I got I, after my first agent, I got my first audition, uh, which I booked. Oh, wow. For so, what? Do you remember what it was? Ghost Whisperer. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. With Jennifer Love. Yeah. Yeah. So, like in my oh, head. I'm like, yeah, it is. It is the dream scenario. <laughs> it's so it's not hard at all. Why is everybody can do this? And then didn't realize until my friends are like, oh, I've been trying to find an agent for like two, three years. I've been trying to like, I just was in the right place at the right time and was very fortunate uh, early off to start working. How, how much of it is talent? And that's something that we don't really talk about. I think, you know, I was, I've been thinking about the SAG after strike thing for a little bit. And the thing that bums me out is that, you know, I, I can't remember the statistic, but it's something like 85% of all SAG after members don't make over 25,000 a year. And I, and I can't help but wonder if there's just, I think it's even more than that. Yeah, I think it's like 90. It's 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 pretty wild. I was trying to be a little conservative, but um I guess my point is, you know, if I'm if I'm a welder, uh if I suck at welding, someone's going to tell me. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Someone's going to say, "Lars, you're just not good. Either get better or I'm not going to hire you." You know what I mean? And and I'm not going to get into the welding union or, or whatever. You know what I mean? There's just there's like a very very clear line of like you suck at welding and it's not subjective. You just suck. Like, is there that for actors where it's just like you there, you either have it or you don't, or is there, cause like you, you, your first audition, you book a movie, your, your first showcase, you got a choice of three or four agents. You know what I mean? And that just doesn't happen for everybody. So my question is, are you just more talented than other people? Is it something that you just have or do not have? I think talent has a lot to do with it, but I think as you know, too, like, like, there are so many talented actors that aren't working so many talented musicians on the streets of like new Orleans and, mm -hmm. and New York city. Like there's a certain 
ethic and hustle too that has to go into it, like pushing yeah. and like and even just personality right like luckily at the time i was very very confident very outgoing very like uh, exuberant and excited and that goes a long way and like basically saying yeah. like hey i'm you get you bring me on i'm gonna book for you like i know i know myself like like yeah. having that confidence i think goes a really long way but again when when good things happen stars align like it's not you can't just you can't base it off of talent alone. It's it's literally talent, but like you can have all the talent in the world and if no opportunity crosses your path and no one's going to know you have it, right? Like it just happened to work out and I got put in a situation where um, where I was able to like jump into this this job, like sudden suddenly professional set working on the universal lot with my like, you know, childhood crush Jennifer Love Hewitt from, you know, the movies. Uh, we I certainly do. We all, yeah. we all grew up watching her and, and then like fighting off those jitters to like, to want to forget everything as soon as your line comes yeah. up, you know? Were, was it a decent paying job? Yeah. Well, it was back then um, people had, people had rates, mm -hmm. right? And so each time you would, you would negotiate a higher rate, like your, your day rate would get higher and higher and higher. And like it, that set the bar for me right away. And it was, you know, cause it was a pretty decent size SAG show. So um, so yeah, I don't remember the exact number, but it became my new rate for anything else I would book after that, which was nice. And then it keep yeah. increasing. Did you quit your, um, your bartending job? It went down the job. Down the yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, did you quit your bartending job then when you got that movie? Uh, not yet. It was, a, it was a show. It was a TV show. Oh, show, the show um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they did, they actually did a spinoff of Ghost Whisperer and this was, uh, the first, what we now know, uh, but we didn't know then, the first webisode or web series that ever existed was Ghost Whisperer, The Other Side. Huh. Um, and and I was like, I'm in this web series. And people are like, what's a web series? Yeah. And and so I, they did this funny thing because I played a ghost on Ghost Whisperer that would communicate with uh, Melinda Gordon, which was uh, Hewitt's character. Um, hmm. But uh, they wanted to do this crossover because she would always cross cross ghosts over so they did a crossover series of this underworld dark world where i would go to like try to navigate and i would cross back over to the show to get advice from her and then cross back over to my narrative so like it, it was these two shows that were were intertangled uh um it was just a lot of fun it was a lot of fun and i and i like i said i shot on the, the back lot of universal and i'm you know i'm i'm standing on the steps of the clock tower from back to the future doing my scene and like it was very surreal and, and again, like too much too soon because, of course, the, the famine follows for a while. Ta ta let's talk about it. Yeah, so so you think that the industry is easy, nothing's hard. You just come here and you just put you just do the work and you show up to showcases and you book jobs with Jennifer Love Hewitt. Um, so what happens next? Um, what happens is you, you know, you it, one job is not enough to sustain my lifestyle, my rent, all that stuff. So like, I still have to keep the bartending job for quite some time. And what ends up happening is like, I'm making, like I said, I'm making really great money at this place and I'm working till 4am and I'm getting auditions that like are at 9am the next day. And I'm standing in front of like the, the glow of my computer screen, like behind the bar, trying to like memorize my lines while people are, you know, <laughs> drugged out at 3am like we're not serving anymore but they're still buying red bulls and water and dancing and, and all that stuff uh -huh. and i'm like trying to learn my stuff and uh and that became really hard because uh, you know it, it would exhaust me um and so i did get to a point eventually where i had to make a decision and let this like cushy job go 
and really focus in. And luckily, again, I had saved some decent money from that um, and, and got myself like a bit of a cushion to like focus on auditions. And that was a process where there was nothing coming in for a while or getting so close on all of the things. Or um, I was dabbling in uh, musical theater again. There was one point where there was a pilot that I think Ashton Kutcher was doing about modeling or whatever that I was up for. And then this other show, which you now know as the Vampire Diaries, I was up for a role in that. And then also got called to come try out uh, for Spider-Man on Broadway, uh, which was oh, wow. directed by Julie Taymor. And so I'm like testing for these things that I'm flying to New York to meet with Julie and Reed that I'm coming back to do a second test and then flying back to New York to meet, which this is a highlight of my life too. I got to meet with Bono in the edge to work on music with them uh, for the show, Why? which they, Why? Yeah, they were doing the music in the show. Oh, Oh my goodness. And that thing kept being pushed and pushed and pushed. And so eventually I had to drop out of, you know, it was between a few guys. I had to drop out of the running for that because I had an opportunity on this end of things and I took it. And that was before, actually, this is really funny timing. That was right around our last writer's strike. Okay. So was that 2008, it was 2008 or seven, right? 2008. Yep. So uh-huh. I, uh, luckily I dropped out of the Spider-Man on Broadway thing. Cause the guy who got it fell and broke his back. Um, so yeah, so I, I was very, very fortunate there. Um, and then I ended up on the thing that I ended up taking was a contract role on, uh, days of our lives, which, uh, was Mm -hmm. like, again, an immediate, like real big boost in my, uh, my income, um, and also just daily work and opportunity. And so I got to, how have you been able to talk to me about what you do to, kind of weather some of those feast or famine storms, right? We've, we've talked about, I think, I think in your industry, especially it's like you are either making lots of good money or you are making lots of no money at all. Um, or you're on strike, (laughs) you know? So, so what do you do to, is it just saving practice and who taught you to save, you know, talk to me about what you, what you've been able to do to weather some of those storms. Um, yeah, no, nobody really taught me to save. It just became the logical thing to do if I wanted to survive and not have to go back home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't come from a lot of money. You know, we struggled. My family struggled uh, in my childhood. Um, so when I learned to make good money, I, I learned to, like, put it in the right places. And I also didn't need much. I drove the same Maxima until I got T-boned. And then after that, I bought I bought a car. I bought a Prius that I still own till today. Like, I'm not no like way. I don't. Good for you. Oh, yeah. dude. That thing has been so good to me and owes me nothing because I drive it like a NASCAR. But, uh, but yeah, so nice. as far as like, as far as weathering those, like, again, the writer's strike hap- was, was, was about to happen. And at the time, um, SAG and AFTRA had not merged yet. So mm. AFTRA was more of daytime television and, um, and obviously then, you know, aspects of theater. Uh, and then SAG was separate. So while the writers were, striking with SAG after worked on. So I got to work the next couple of years on this soap, which I ended up doing, I think like maybe 600 episodes. Talk about a medium that moves fast. Like we would do two episodes a day. I'd have 40 pages of dialogue to memorize each night. It was actor's boot camp. It was like the perfect thing to set me up. But the trade-off is kind of what you were alluding to, which was that um, I'm making great money but I'm kind of doing the same thing every day and the same scenario would like show up with just slightly different lines. And it was expositional dialogue versus like real conversational, um, you know, brilliant writing, not that the writers weren't brilliant on that show, but they were brilliant at that 
that realm, that, uh, that dynamic of soap writing. Um, so yeah. you start, you start to itch creatively and, mm-hmm. um, and that would eventually lead me to like being put at a crossroads where I had to either like buckle down for a couple more years or I had to take off and I chose to leave and, um, and, and, and try my hand in a hundred dollar a day indie movies. How'd that go? Which last doing, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it, went, it went great. I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't living as large financially, but I was like loving what I was doing. I was going to Kentucky for six weeks to shoot a movie or I was going to, you know, New Orleans to shoot a, a, a you know, a backend pilot, um, you know, for Fox. It, like it, I got to do all the things, but uh, this is also when new media, media creeped in and suddenly they're like, oh, we can pay way less because it's just for the Internet. But then the Internet became platforms, which are basically yeah. just which became all the money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and which is why I think. If, if this is a good segue for you into right. this right. Yeah. thing, it's why it's why we're having these problems now. Yeah. Like once a, like the choice for Hollywood to shift into a streaming medium and platform is why we're in this position and why they they're crying, you know, poverty over not being able to pay people a, a living wage, uh, let alone what what they're worth. Right. Um, right. Because yeah. So product- do you want to explain that a little bit that um, like the streaming contract was operating on the same agreement that it was back when you were making like this web series that nobody knew about. You know what I mean? So it's like nobody believed that money would ever be on the internet with entertainment, right? And so that's the, those are the same contracts that we've been operating against. And so that's why like streaming was not where money was. So they had this like really specialized agreement where they could pay actors and pay crew absolutely nothing uh, to, to come make these shows, but then every at some point everything switched, right? And it's like now Netflix, now the Amazons, the Apple TVs, like every those are the people with money now. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, talk let's talk to me about that a little bit. I mean, once upon a time, doing a, a network show, like say you say you booked a pilot, right? And that pilot episode alone, like you would an actor could make starting off like at least thirty grand for the pilot, like that's mm-hmm. what they get paid. It's still a good amount of work, like a week's worth of work and yada, yada, yada. But like um, when new media came in and they started to do pilots or backdoor pilots, they um, they were able to get away with way more. So I ended up doing this backdoor pilot for a network I'm not going to name uh, that uh, I went to, uh, to another state to shoot. And I was there for um, probably five to six weeks. And on the entire thing, I got paid five grand. Yeah. And that's become unfortunately yeah. pretty normal. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it's now like, you know, the, the, even the way like actors became treated with like auditions again, like suddenly last second, like, Oh, we need this in three hours and it's 16 pages and like, mm. like no thought of no, no setup for, for, for the win. You know, you would think yeah. that you'd want your actor to have the best chance because you'd, want to end your casting as fast as possible. But, um, yeah, it was, it was not sustainable. So we ended up in this weird realm of like wanting to create, but like forgetting that, like you, we used to make money doing it. (laughs) So do you talk to me about then the benefits of, of the strike? Obviously it's like on the one hand, something's got to change, right? Something's got to change for SAG because it's like this new media deal doesn't make sense anymore. And suddenly the money shifts and uh, Apple and Amazon and Netflix have basically all the holding cards and all the cash. Uh, Networks are suffering. People are cutting the cord. They're moving on over to these streaming platforms. That's where the money is. Um, So I agree with the strike. 
on, on that front. I really do. But it's tricky, right? Because I've got these these crew members that I'm checking in with, and their mental their mental health is suffering. You know, it's like, and it, and it really was. And for us too, like my my wife kept asking me, "What's wrong? What's wrong?" And it's just like I'm I don't know. Like I'm just I'm like I'm not working, and it's just I'm not it, living I, my purpose. Yeah, I'm not living my purpose, and it's it was really it started to get really tricky and frustrating. So it was like four months of just that. So uh, talk to me about why it's necessary and, and what we can do in the meantime. Obviously, this, this, it's now seemed to be resolved and I'm yeah. absolutely ecstatic and thrilled about it. And I already, my, I can tell my mental health is already better. You know, it's like you, you go online this and you're just like celebrating coming. everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so what, can, what, what advice do you have uh, um, for people going through uh, hardships during the strike? Um find ways, other ways to be creative. Uh, remember that it's temporary. Uh, and because the world has so much greed and needs money, there's no way that we're not going to reach some type of deal because studios need actors. Um, even though they're trying to remove them a little bit with AI, uh, (laughs) but, but, uh, but we're still far from that being sustainable anyway. Like, like, AI is only as good as its input and we are its input too. So I don't think we're going anywhere um, until, you know, they become robotic and uh, attack us and create a, an apocalyptic uh, world. And then we need our own Schwarzenegger to come save us. Um, yeah. But and at uh, that point, that, we probably won't need uh, to be making movies. I don't that, think that we'll much be making any movies. No. Yeah. I think we'll be uh, uh, hiding in, in crawl spaces and, and trying not to have a body temperature. I don't, I don't know what it takes <laughs> to survive that yet. Uh, Oh. Yeah. So is that, is that what you've been able to do then over the last four months is, is find other outlets to be creative and fulfill fulfilled. Um, yeah. what, what did mean, you like do? Post-production, post-production on projects that I had produced and acted in as well. Like there's a whole process there. As long as they don't involve actors, um, I, you know, I, I get to w- work on that edit. I get to work on uh, those other things. And, and arguably that this, this contract shift is why you have so many multi-hyphenated um, uh, creatives now because like actors were like oh well the money's in producing so if I want to act I have to produce so I can still act but then still make money as the producer like it's it's this crazy mm-hmm. crazy world of crossover um, but I yeah I, I kept busy with that I, I traveled I you know um, things that I can't really get away with that I know like mm-hmm. others can get away with and um, I, I'm hoping some of your crew at least did to stay like keep it going was like jump on some non-union jobs or something to keep them moving or i don't i don't know what the rules yeah. are for crew, oh, I know crew the- yeah crew didn't ha- have to crew wasn't on strike at all so crew could do whatever but um yeah. you know it it uh it was still tricky it, you know it's like there just wasn't as much and and any any kind of um non-sag project just doesn't have it's just usually it, it's not there right there's usually not a, a decent budget there's not decent talent attached and it's just it's just tricky it's just tough to yeah, kind of get you're those kind of, you're kind of showing up to be abused yeah yeah yes exactly um so what's the goal i guess have you have you kind of stepped into this uh producing thing and, and enjoyed it uh, now is that is that something that you want to you're looking forward to and want to maybe focus on a little bit more in the future yeah man uh producing came accidental when when I was acting in something and I wanted it to be as great as possible. And so I was like, well, I know these other great actors. Let's put them in these roles. And I was like, I can get this location. And uh, why don't we do this? Or I can get this. Or my buddy has this gear. And like my manager was like, you know, you're producing this, right? I was like, 
well, what I, do you mean? I didn't even know what producing was. I thought it was just like, you know, an office job or whatever. He's like, you're producing this. And I was like, oh, interesting. So then that was the first, you know, that was the first project that I ended up becoming a producer on. And then since then, like, uh, again, just knowing that I get to be part of making sure things go smoothly and that actors are taken care of. Cause like I get to be an actor's producer yeah. now I get to make sure. And I get to, I get to know when too many takes or a 12 hour day is getting a little intense for somebody who's been crying their eyes out in a scene or, or talking about, you know, heavy material. Hmm. Um, I get to know when to give breaks on it. I get to bring chiropractors to set and keep morale going for everybody. I know to choose the, I know that to choosing the right food makes all the difference when you're getting through your day and you're not just feeding crap to your crew and your, your actors, like all of that stuff is it, you know, can get you miles further and, and, and really creates an environment where you're collaborating and people are, are with you there when like you do need to hustle, you know, hmm. and they're not just being like, well, yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love producing now and, um, <clears throat> uh, I, I, I have like, I feel like I have a knack for it. Uh, I'm great at negotiating rates with, you know, when it comes to gear or like finding, you know, the right locations setups, or, locations yeah. and, and just knowing, and again, like as a creative first, as an actor, like I know, I know what room I want to be in. I know what I want it to feel like. I know what good lighting looks like. Um, I know what a, a talented DP looks like, right? Like, you know, you and I have all these side conversations all this time, all the time, because like you have this knowledge of things that I'm still learning. And I'm like, what's a good lens for this? Or like, how should I be handling this? And, you know, I it's love nice how, in, how into it you are, man. It's like, and I can tell you, I, I can tell you firsthand, I don't get that from a lot of uh, other actors or directors or producers, even it's just like, really? I can tell, I can tell you're thirsty for this knowledge in, in all aspects of life, whether it's uh, cinematography, producing or mountain biking, like you're just like, exactly. you're just hungry. You're just eager. Like, I love am it. I being too annoying? Am I asking too many questions? Am I being too annoying? Like I do, like I try to find that balance because I'm like, you got your mountain biking, like a maniac, by the way. Um, I don't know how you, you do all that. Uh, and then you're, you're raising this family at the same time and you're being a DP and you're saying things like, yo, let's go make something fun. And, and even if it's not going to pay us much off the bat, right? Like, yeah. like you are a true creative first and that that's something I've always admired about you. And, and it's why, like, we still talk to this day, even if we haven't worked on a movie in, a, in you know, a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm now like uh, a buddy of mine that uh, I've known since he was 15, 16 years old, like early 2000s. Um, we, we, we've, we've done creative side things over the years and we would do film contests, 24 hour film festivals, like just like make, yeah. make things with what we had, whether it's an old beat up DSLR that like we add filters and make it look super cool and sci like sci-fi or whatever. And we would, we would just like, we would just create together. And he went off to build this like really epic commercial company that's m made him do really well financially. Uh, but he got hit with a thing too, where he's like, I need to get back to writing. I need to create the way we used to create. And so he and I actually just started a production company, uh, this past year. No kidding. So yeah. And we've already got two features under the umbrella, under the brand of it. And, um, and it's, and it, and you know, it's got a name that is, refers to uh, a part of a script that we first like talked on that never ended up getting made, but maybe it will now someday. Um, do you have a name for the production company? Yeah, it's called White Room Productions. White White Room Productions. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's it's incredible. So, what's the goal? Is it just to be creative, and and if something sticks and something does financially become a hit, then it's a bonus, or is it is it to make money first and then, and then, um, or is it yes, yes, and yes? <laughs> it's it's all the yeses for sure. I yeah. wish it was more to make money first because like 
I've gotten so used to being scrappy and I've gotten so used to just like wanting to do it that I forget sometimes that I'm supposed to get paid to do it too. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like I'll get a budget for a project and then I'll forget that I'm supposed to work in a salary for myself. Uh-huh. And, and usually I'm like, well, but that takes from the budget and I need the budget if I'm going to make this great. And I'll just yeah. wait until the back end, which we know the back end rarely comes unless, especially now with how cheap things are paid for. Again, yeah. the product is not worth what it used to be anymore because they're getting away with oversaturating platforms and just dumping content mm-hmm. for cheap. Um, but yeah, I don't want to go dark again on that, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's so fulfilling and, and I'm getting, and I'm in a position now where I get to do other, these other side creative projects that, um, you know, that I direct or edit and like some commercial work, um, that I've done, you know, recently that like, it just, it's, it's exciting to explore different avenues and I think especially with this new production company and brand, like I don't think I'm going to fall into a specific style or like, you know, typically, you know what to expect when you see a Nolan movie or a Tim Burton movie or a, like things like that, you know what to expect. But there's so many different genres and styles that like I'm curious about that. I feel like we're going to just jump around and whatever is like calling to us, we're going to do the thing. We're going to do the slap slapstick, you know, handheld comedy uh, or I'm going to do the very cinematic, like all the dolly shots and the <laughs> wide, you know, wide glass. Yeah. Um, How did you get funding for those two feature films? <clears throat> so the first one that I'm almost done now with, um, I created with uh, two, uh, two of my best friends and producing partners. Uh, you actually know, you know, Mayata, you've worked with Mayata as well. Yeah, Walsh. well. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, amazingly talented uh, Brazilian American actress. Mm-hmm. Has mm-hmm. been in the industry a long time as well. Also um, hungry, just like just a creative force. Extreme. Yeah, the yeah. The, the girl actually doesn't stop like no, doing not creative at all. things and like we'll find her at four a.m. Sometimes like you got to go to sleep. I, I literally do. So here's a funny story. Like I went and picked up a piece of equipment in Pomona, California, which is like miles from her home, and I, it was like maybe eleven p.m. And I walk into this property and I'm like looking at the gear or whatever. And I look over and she goes, Lars. And it's my, it's like, it's like, like having some creative meeting, you know, yeah. it's like in the middle of Pomona, like, like 40 miles away from her home. And oh, she's yeah. just hungry. She's just there like creating, yeah. creating, creating, creating. And if it's yeah. not movies, it's she's, she's throwing paint on canvas. She's, she's exactly uh, creating fashion and drawing, uh, drawing on clothing and like doing all the things. So we, we built, uh, built out a space downtown a few mm-hmm. years ago together. Uh, okay. it's actually where I'm sitting right now. Oh, that's oh, nice. well, you can't yeah. really see it. But, I can't. Um, yeah. yeah, but, uh, we, we built out this big creative space in, um, you know, we've done, we've done so many projects here now. Uh, so during the pandemic, when the pandemic hit, that's when we, decided to fill our time in this little playground that we're stuck in and can't leave um, Mm. to to create a project that we could shoot with a small group of people. Um, And it was just four actors and very small crew. And we ended up waiting until a lot of the pandemic subsided. And then uh, and then, you know, people were obviously crew members. Everyone was hungry to work. So we all got together and made this movie and um, and that one, I know that was a long roundabout answer to your question, but the funding of that one was us digging into what little savings we had left wow. in our pockets and like, and then saying like, okay, this is for the things that we have to pay for that we can't just get or source or borrow or whatever. Um, and then the rest of it was like contacts with, uh, with equipment, uh, 
other actors, you know, another actor that that we found very talented and was excited to work and and using friends' locations and in people, you know, other people's locations. Um, and then was just this project like, a, a feature film or a short film? Yeah, it's a feature. And have you? So you've you've finished that one? Is it is it uh, done? Or are you trying we to? Are literally, I'm getting texts right now because I'm supposed to be sending files to our uh, our post sound. We're in the last apartment. We ended up with the most amazing human beings doing our post-production on this. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the gentleman named Alex who did our color and decided that he just loved what we were doing so much that he wanted to like come in and do it for us. And mm -hmm. uh, he, you know, he works with you too and Bieber and all these other, you know, massive commercial projects. And for him, he's like, that's my bread and butter, but this is my, my heart. So he wanted to work on that. And now we're working with um, over at from, I don't know if you know, Formosa group uh, for sound post sound. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. You know, they've done little awesome. little movies like Top Gun and Dune. Oh, yeah, and, tiny. Yeah, tiny little films. Little, yeah. little show called Yellowstone. Uh, but we're just so excited because we're working with these, like, class acts who are also just the most fucking talented people. And, they're, mm -hmm. and they want to work on our little project that we made for pennies. What are you going to do with it? What's the plan? Do you want to shop around? Do you want to try and find a, a buyer outright? Uh, what's the plan? That's where... That's where it gets harder for us because we're, we're creatives first, right? And then we uh -huh. forget we also have to do business things. You have um, to. So, yeah. yeah, so right now we're submitted to a few different festivals. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, doing a run in that would be a lot of fun. Um, but we also have interested parties for distribution and, and sales. So we're, we're figuring out where it belongs because yeah. uh, it's a very unique uh, type of movie. Um, yeah, it's just it, it's fun. And then the other one um, I just finished in May in Michigan – uh, right, right under the gun with the strike starting. Um, we went on strike the day after when we were traveling home, um, from this movie. Thank God. Cause if it would have shut down, we didn't have the money to resume, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that one was, uh, funded by the uh, producer and the director that wrote it. Cause it was a passion project to his. And they found you to come in and, and help produce production. Yeah, he's a friend of mine and, um, actually brought, brought the role to my attention first. Um, and then, uh, I'd mentioned that I've been producing and is like, if you like, he had ideas to like, just use this as a, as a, a calling card for him to get his feet wet as a director. And I said, well, do we want to try to also like, maybe make your money back? Like, we can <laughs> so like I came in and made it a SAG production, uh, cause mm. he was just going to toy around with local actors in Michigan. Um, and so we made it a SAG production and then I spent the next three weeks, like, calling all of my agents and managers and, and like everyone that I knew and pulling together uh, an epic cast, which just really killed it and was so much fun. Um, and we shot that out in Michigan and, uh, and then went on strike. Yeah. And here we are. Here we are. <laughs> well, I, I, congratulations, man. I, it's really, it's really awesome to, to see and to kind of follow, follow your story and just your creative passion. And, and I, and I, what I like about you, Mark, is that you, you will do the, the jobs to, to get paid and I, and you just kind of have to, right. You gotta, it's like, I'll, I'll take that corporate job every now and then. Right. Where it's just like, got to pay the bills, got to support the thing, but it does support the art. It supports the passion uh, projects, you know? So, um, you're just busy. I think it was George, George, Clooney, George Clooney said, he goes, I make, I make the oceans movies so I can make the good nights and good lucks. Cause like, <laughs> exactly. that was like that money, that movie, he, he got paid a dollar on, right? But he really oh. wanted to make it. In the oceans, he has fun, yeah. but that's where he makes his bread and butter. But Absolutely. it's very true. You got you to find that balance, and some won't. And I think that's detrimental to a lot of talented people is that they're not willing to survive long enough so they can show what they got. 
Mm. You know, mm. what, what advice do you have for um, young creatives starting out? Just do it. Uh, get involved in any aspect of creating you can. Uh, don't don't hold your nose up high. You're not above anything. You're not above working a real job if you need to. I've gone from, uh, you know, contract roles at the crazy amounts of money a year to back to bartending and, you know, back then back on a show and then back to uh, barely, you know, barely making it through, you know, an, another area of life when I wasn't making money. Like it's, it's always going to be all over the place and you're always going to have to, to pull an audible and shift. So do it, get involved in it, keep doing it, know your value, keep shifting up, keep moving, uh, you know, moving forward. Um, and, and just, just ride that wave, ride the balance. Radical. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate your time. I'm gonna let you go. Thank you, thank you man. Thanks for, thanks for being on with you. Yeah. I'll talk to you soon, man. Thank you so much. You got it. Take care. All right. Thanks guys so much for sticking around. I appreciate you. Um, I just have to say, if you made it this far, then you're an ultra super fan. And, um, we like blew numbers out of the water this month compared to any other month that the podcast has been going on. So um, I feel like we're reaching a tipping point, which is very exciting for me because um, this this has been a, a passion project, a labor of love. But um, if it can eventually turn into something a little bit more, I, I promise I'll be more consistent with it. Um, that's been the goal now, actually. Seeing seeing this, the, the change now start to tip the scales has been very exciting and invigorating for me. So um, please continue to share the podcast if you can on social media, uh, do a little, you know, screenshot the, the podcast, uh, homepage and then share it and tag us, me, I'm JLarzel on Instagram or uh, creative income podcast. Um, both those pages would do, and I very much appreciate it. If you can't do that, just go ahead and reach, reach out, send me a little message. I always like to hear you hear from you guys. All right. We'll see you next week.